I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Matthew Burris. And welcome to the first episode of Enter the Bat Cave. Of course, I tried to record this earlier, but um, the app that I use only allows me to record up to an hour and 30 minutes. So therefore, I'll be breaking this up into a two-part episode. And this is part one of the Watch Along for Batman. That's right. Batman 1989. Gonna be uh, going over the film. And what it is, a watch along, is um, as I'm playing the movie, I do commentary. And you can also watch along on DVD, Blu-ray, 4K, or if you have HBO Max, you can watch the movie and listen to my audio commentary at the same time. So here we are with um, part one. Before we start the movie, I'm going to allow you guys to get ready and set it up. Uh, just a little trivia here. Uh, the script was written by Sam Hamm. But of course, during the 88 um, writer's strike, um, Sam Hamm left the project and Warren Scarron did a remake of it. And most of what you see is uh, from Warren Scarron's um, rewrites of the script. And this movie was heavily influenced by the um, by the Batman story from the 70s, uh, 1977, called uh, Strange Apparitions. And Strange Apparitions was made back in the 70s. It was made by, hold on, I'm looking up the name now. Uh, it was written by Steve, oh wait, here it is. Uh, Batman Strange Apparitions. It was written by Steve Englehart and it was published in 1977, and in this one, we would have seen uh, Silver St. Cloud and Rupert Thorne, who was supposed to be in the movie, but during the reworks of the script, we got uh, Carl Grusom and Vicki Vale. I'm going to talk more about that as we go along here. We also, um, also in the we would have seen Deadshot and Hugo Strange, as well as the Joker in this one, but we didn't get it. And also we would have seen the origin of Robin as well, but of course that all changed. Director was Tim Burton, and of course for the cast, we have uh, Jack Nicholson as the Joker, Bruce uh, we have Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne and Batman, Kim Basinger as Vicki Vale, Robert Wall as Alexander Knox, Pat Hingle as Commissioner Gordon, Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent, Michael Goff as Alfred Pennyworth, Jack Palance as Carl Grissom, the lovely Jerry Hall as Alicia Hunt, 
and Tracy Walter as Bob the Goon, Lee Wallace as Mayor Borg, and William Hoopkins as Lieutenant Max Eckhart. So, without further ado, let's get right into it. Right now, we're starting it. And we see the Warner Brothers logo. Yeah, the logo for the first time. And also, there was uh, some other scripts. There was uh, one script from 1982, The Batman. And that one also had Sylvia uh, St. Fox in it. And then, of course, uh, there was also one for Batman in Space. Yep. There was actually a f script floating around called uh, Batman in Space. And that was supposed to star uh, Bill Murray and Eddie Murphy as Batman and Robin, if you could believe that. And also, Bill Murray was actually one of the actors um, considered for the role of Batman for this film, as well as Mel Gibson, Kevin Costner, Charlie Sheen, Tom Selleck, Harrison Ford, and Dennis Quaid. And actually, I think Mel Gibson could have um, replaced Michael Keaton after uh, Batman Returns. I think he's one of the actors that could have replaced him as, um, as Batman. And the role of the Joker... Um, it was also considered to Tim Curry, David Bowie, John Lithgow, Brad Dourif, Ray Liotta, and James Woods. Also, Robin Williams wanted that part as well. And I would have loved to see James Woods and uh, Robin Williams as um, as the Joker. You know, especially Robin Williams, because I think he would have done a tremendous job. And of course, as we all know, the famous story, Sean Young was originally cast as Vicky Bell. Uh, sorry, Vicky Vale. But then was injured in a horse riding accident, and she was replaced by Kim Basinger. And the rest, as they uh, say, is history. And, of course, uh, I watched this movie as a kid, like, millions of times, and this is one of the few movies I never get tired of watching. As we see the Batman logo... Directed by Tim Burton. We now see Gotham City in its present times. And outside the Monarch Theater there. And the whole thing about um, Gotham City is that um, Gotham City is supposed to be portrayed as, you know, like, um, you know, as a big city as uh, New York. Uh, Tim Burton talked about it in the uh, Batman uh, DVD commentary. He said that, you know, the idea was like, well, what if um, New York City, what if, um, you know, the building structure was all wrong, you know, like if they just, if it was all just building on top of another building. And of course, um, New York City can be like that. At times, you know, of course, I've never been there, but I've, from what I've seen, it looks like building upon building. I'm actually going to New York City in the summer of 2022. So, there. 
as we see the family, they're going into the alleyway. Um, of course, if, you know, for the fans who probably saw this in theaters, you know, for the first time, they probably thought, oh, we're going to see the, um, the origin of Batman here. We're going to see the, um, the killing of the Waynes here. But of course, uh, that is not to be, though we do later see that scene uh, later on. Of course, I'll probably show it in part two. Oh, guy gets hit in the back of the head with a gun. Guy says, hey, lady, do the kid a favor. Don't scream. And of course, she screams. <laughs> of course, if I was one of the robbers, I actually would have shot her for that. And then... We see the mysterious dark figure from up above. And this movie came out in the summer of 1989. It came out in the United States June 23rd, 1989. It grossed um, uh, $400. 11.6 million dollars at the box office of course that was later broken by um batman begins and the dark knight as we all know and this movie was also filmed at westwood uh, sorry pinewood studios in london england that's where uh, they filmed the james bond films and they also filmed the superman films as well so, nice little uh, trivia there, coming from someone who's watched this movie a billion times. <laughs> and now the two robbers look up. There's Batman in the flesh. And he drops down. Oh, and he gets shot. And he rises up again. Yep, definitely he's got body armor underneath there. Now, if I'm Batman, I would have sidekicked the guy with the gun first. But, nah, it's only a movie. And he traps the other guy there with the ankles. Now, for the memorable line here, actually, the part where he says, I'm Batman, this was not in the script. Actually, he was supposed to say, you know, I am the knight. You know, when the guy says, uh, you know, who are you? You don't own the knight. And he says, I want you to tell your friends about me. Tell them I am the knight. And, of course, we don't get that. Instead, we get, I'm Batman. So that's what we get here. And we get the iconic line. And next we head to the press conference for, for Harvey Dent. Yep. And the one playing the mayor, as I mentioned before, Mayor Borg, played by Lee Wallace. And Lee Wallace, oh, died last year, December 20th, 2020. Oh, that's a shame. Uh, film and stage actor... Uh, he was in War and Love, 1985, World War III uh, miniseries in 1982. 
Oh, he was in Private Benjamin playing Mr. Wax. And also starred in a bunch of other films too, such as The Happy Hooker, Diary of the Dead. Um, and also The Hot Rock as Dr. Strauss. And now we are in the apartment of Alicia Hunt. And there we see Jack Napier sitting down there watching. And there's Alicia Hunt herself, Miss Jerry Hall. And uh, this was the first time I ever saw uh, Jerry Hall. I didn't know much about her. And then I looked her up uh, years later on Wikipedia. And then... Um, when she was doing that um, that dating reality show on VH1, you know, um, you know, I recognized her, and then I looked her up, and I was like, "Oh my God, that's the girl from Batman!" Yeah, and she portrays, um, you know, a mall, uh, meaning gangster's girlfriend in, in the mafia. She's the girlfriend of. Um, Carl Grissom, but she's having an affair with um, Jack Napier here. And this is my favorite line here, one of my favorite lines. You know, he's looking in the mirror. She says, you look fine. He goes, I didn't ask. <laughs> oh, man. What would have been an ultimate pit move is if he would Bitch, I didn't ask you! <laughs> Oh, yeah. Show them how strong the pimp hand is. But still worked out pretty good. And here in this scene, we see Lieutenant Max Edcard, playing by William Hootkins. Of course, uh, he was known for other supporting roles. He had a supporting role in Star Wars and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yep, in Star Wars, he played Jack Tano Porkins, and in Raiders of the Lost Ark, he was Major Eaton. And here we see Alexander Knox, played by Robert Wall, who you all might remember most famously as Arliss on the hit TV series uh, Arliss. And before that, he was in Bull Durham, Good Morning Vietnam, The Hollywood Nights. Also had a role in Flashdance, too, as well. And he actually would, years later, reprise his role of Alexander Knox in Supergirl, an episode of Crisis on Infant Earths Part 1. So you can go check him out in that. And here we see Edcard enter the dark alley, where he's to meet with Jack Napier and Bob the Goon. Yeah, this is where we first see uh, Bob the Goon, played by Tracy Walters. By Tracy Walter. And, you know, he's supposed to be the uh, corrupt cop, um, is Lieutenant Eckhart. You know, I mean, kind of very, very, uh, blah. <laughs> I got a podcast and I'm tongue-tied. Uh, he's supposed to portray um, Harvey Bullock, who 
was in the Batman comics as a corrupt cop and not a big supporter of Batman. And of course, uh, you might know him more famously from the animated series. And instead, we get this uh, guy here. And of course, uh, he's on the payroll for the Mafia and Jack tries to bully him. You know, see? You can make a good decision when you try. <laughs> And there's the part where he says, where have you been spending your nights? <laughs> yep. And he's uh, about to... He's about to snitch to Grissom. Or something he may not want to hear. There we see uh, the mayor and Harvey Dent and Commissioner Gordon walking. And of course, um, Harvey Dent, played by um, Billy D. Williams. Uh, Billy D. Williams at this time was more famous for his role in uh, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi as Lando. And he was also famous for his role in Lady Sings the Blues with uh, Diana Ross. Uh, that was the movie about uh, Billie Holiday. And Billie Holiday is actually one of my father's uh, favorite jazz singers. And also famous for the Colt 45 commercials that came out at this time. Yep, Colt 45. You can go look them up on YouTube. And here we see the legs of Kim Basinger, who's about to reveal herself as Vicki Vale. And Vicki Vale is a character from the comics. Uh, Vicki Vale, uh, for those of you who are not familiar with the Batman comics of the 30s and 40s, and I think she was also in the 50s, Vicky Vale is actually a redhead. Yep, she is a redhead. And the blonde is from Sylvia. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's from Sylvia. Yeah, Sylvia St. Fox. And, uh, sorry, Sylvia St. Cloud. Um, and, you know, I... Ironically, she hasn't really, uh, Vicky Vale hasn't ironically been used, uh, throughout most of the cartoons or anything. We see it, we see her in Batman and the Brave and, and the Bold, but, um, and we also see her in Batman, the audio podcast, but she hasn't been used much in most of the movies and cartoons. So, so there. And then we're about to see the, uh, the mob, uh, yeah, the mob boss's office, yep, the office of Carl Grissom. Say this, son of a bitch! <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> and of course, um, they realize that Harvey Dent is uh, onto them, access, M access chemicals, so they gotta try to break in and trash the office and make off with stuff, and of course, uh, Carl Grissom puts um, Jack in charge. And Carl Grissom, of course, is not in the comics as well. This was supposed to be um, Rupert Thorne, as I mentioned. Of course, Rupert Thorne was also in the comics and more famously from the animated series. But uh, instead, we get Carl Grissom. And we see Alicia enter right here. And of course... Uh, 
we realize that Carl know knows about uh, her and Jack's relationship. So that's going to be the setup. And of course, uh, Jack Palance um, before uh, Batman, he was in uh, Sun Fury. He's mostly a supporting uh, actor, and he was actually nominated for three Academy Awards, all for Best Supporting Actor. And after Batman, he was known for being in City Slickers, the first one. And also before uh, then, he was also in Bram Stoker's Dracula and also in Tango and Cash, which came out the same year as this movie did. And he died in 2006 of natural causes. Oh my, did not know that. Wow, he died in 2006. Yeah. So, but he was a tremendous actor and he actually... Uh, if you look at his pictures, he looks a bit like uh, Clint Eastwood, too. I think him and Clint Eastwood <laughs> could be mistaken for uh, the twins. And now we head to Wayne Manor, and we see that there's a charity event, charity party, of course, gambling, all for charity. See the roulette. Of course, all the money is going towards the festival. <laughs> yep, same the festival. And we see, um, yeah, Alexander Knox and um, Vicky Bale, you know, trying to get an interview with the commissioner. And of course, we see uh, Bruce Wayne for the first time. And Vicky Bale, you know, in the comics, she's actually. Um, to Batman what, um, you know, Lois Lane is to Superman, you know, a female news reporter who's a damsel in distress, always needs to be rescued. Although, uh, unlike Lois Lane, um, I think after the 50s, she wasn't really used that much in the comics. So, and here we see her uh, meet Bruce Wayne for the first time, although, uh, Bruce, you know, she asks, uh, you know, can you mind telling me which one is Bruce Wayne? And he goes, well, I'm not sure. <laughs> Yeah, this definitely plays up to the mystery of um, Bruce Wayne, both as himself and as his alter ego. You know, he doesn't want to be, um, you know, he doesn't want to be found out. Uh, he wants to keep some mystery about him, you know. <clears throat> you know, he doesn't let too many people in, and of course, uh, for good reason. Because if his enemies were to find out who he was, then they would use the people that he loves against him. And of course, he's explained that in times and the comics, and also more famously on the um, Justice League um, animated series as well. And Alexander Knox, uh, also not a regular, um, not someone from the comics, just a character that they that they brought in here, you know, a character that they made up. Here he is uh, trying to get a word out of um, Harvey Dent, also the commissioner, and of course um, the mayor. 
and you know i saw this movie as a um as a kid on vhs yep my uh, parents well i should say my yeah my parents you know uh well, i should say my mom she had the uh the vhs tape and i used to watch that all the time as a as a kid it came out on vhs in the united states on november 15th 1989 so we're talking three days after my third birthday so i was three years old at this time wow <laughs> and now we see vicky vale and, and alexander knox in the um arsenal room we see like you know swords and shields of the you know medieval times of the knights and um of course one that was uh japanese um you know the samurai and of course um you know part of batman's um training is that uh you know he has trained in swords and various weapons you know you know he's trained in um you know, fencing as well as martial arts and, you know, horse riding and and what have you. And there they meet the famous Bruce Wayne. <laughs> and, and now they, they properly introduce themselves. Yep. Bruce and uh, Vicky. And of course, God, um, oh, she is so beautiful. She was so beautiful back then, um, Kim Basinger. And actually, uh, she's still beautiful to this day. I mean, um, doesn't make as much movies as she, as she does now, but still, uh, you know, you know, incredibly beautiful. And, you know, I mean, and of course, I'm writing a um, Batman script uh, myself. And not to get too much into it, because I don't want to spoil it for you guys. But um, Vicky Vale will be in this one. And it will be Vicky Vale as a redhead. Yep, the original Vicky Vale. So, um, so there will be no blonde Vicky Vale. There will be no Kim Basinger. Tch. Though, uh, one of the actresses I would like to play her is, um, either Christina Hendricks or Emma Stone. And there we see Bruce Wayne go off after hearing of that, uh, Commissioner Gordon left the party. And then we see the mirror, not knowing that, uh, there's a secret camera right there behind it. Yep, the old VHS camera, too. I remember those. Goes to show you uh, how old I'm getting. Because I was born in 86. And then we go right into the Batcave. And this kind of plays up to the theory that, um, you know, Bruce Wayne is the real alter ego and that Batman is who he really is. And really hard to argue with that fact because um you know i mean because bruce wayne he uh 
he, um, you know, he has to talk, he has to mingle with people, and, you know, it's, it's almost like uh, he's out of his element, but um, when he puts on the cape and the mask, or if he's in the Batcave, it's like, that's more of him, he's more of himself. Now we go to Access Chemicals, and we see Eckhart telling his men, shoot to kill. And with the Access Chemicals, uh, that is taken from The Killing Joke. Of course, uh, this movie was heavily inspired by The Killing Joke as well, by Alan Moore. And in that one tells the origin of the Joker. Uh, the Joker in The Killing Joke is a comedian and small-time crook trying to provide for his pregnant wife. His, um, his wife, of course, dies, and then he dons the Red Hood. And the Red Hood is a uh, mob enforcer. Turns out it's not really anybody. It's just different people. He accidentally falls into the chemical um thanks to batman and then he becomes the joker and we see it right here in this movie although uh, we don't get the red hood and there we see the garage um yeah the garage door open and we see gordon enter with his men right here and now he's going to be taking over this is Commissioner Gordon. I want him taken alive. I repeat, any man who opens fires on Jack Napier will answer to me. Nope, and he's gone. <laughs> There's Jack, Na uh, Jack Napier right there. Destroying one of the machines. Trying to cause a distraction for the, for the police officers. See shoot up between the cops and the gangsters. Yep. Think they got away. Oh, here's the Batman. Oh, fires off the grappling gun. And hangs him. <laughs> and there, Gore and the policemen, they see him there. See the Batman. Yep, he's real. And of course, Jack realizes he's about to be uh, caught by the police. And then takes the axe to the big bowl of uh, chemicals and there, and oh, chasing after him. Police can't go after him any further. his way up the stairs. There are shootouts there. And here's Batman with a back fist. Oh! Getting a little more and more samples of what's to come. You know, the big fight scene coming up. Okay, we're just getting a small glimpse of his, um, his fighting background.
he sees the exit, he has a chance to go, but he sees uh, Gordon, realizes that's his only chance to uh, take him out. Down. Oh! Batman kicks the gun and he's got him. Bob the goon right from behind on Gordon. <laughs> yeah, if I was Jack, I would have made a run for it when he saw the exit. Nice outfit. <laughs> and there we see Batman smile. Uh, really the only real time we ever see Batman um, smile in this movie. Here we see Atcard in the background. And Bob's telling him to come on, let's make a run for it, and he sees Atcard. Atcard! Think about the future! Yep. And he's dead. And there's Batman again. Oh, ricochets off his wrist. And Jack falls over. Yep. And the theory is uh, people said that Batman actually really meant to dump him because he saw the evil in his eyes and woes to come. That's complete bullshit. He actually tried to bring him up and it slipped his hands. And he goes right into that bowl of chemicals. And Batman's going to try and get out. He sees a police officer approaching. There's another one approaching. Exploding gas wall. Grappling gun. And makes his way up this roof and the police officers they look at you like what <laughs> there you see access chemicals the outside Batman leaves and of course emerging right out of the sewage is Jack you see the hand and Alexander Knox right there in his office talking with Gordon saying that Jack Napier commits suicide and of course uh, Gordon is trying to keep it from the press and from everyone here saying that Batman exists so trying to make sure that he doesn't exist but <laughs> bad chance with that and Vicky tells uh, Knox that uh, She's having dinner with Bruce Wayne. And of course, uh, Alexander Knox wants to date her, but, uh, well, doesn't really happen that way. Of course, that's pretty much the story of my life. Loving a girl who simply just will not love you back. And as I mentioned before, this, you know, this movie was influenced by Strange Operations, uh, 1970s seven um tale also by the killing joke and it was also inspired by two of frank miller's um 
graphic novels, his um, take on Batman, The Dark Knight Returns, and of course, uh, Batman Year One. And interestingly enough, this movie would turn out to be one of the many influences of Batman the Animated Series. Yep, this one, and um, of course, along with Batman Returns, they both uh, in played a heavily influence on Batman the Animated Series that I um, that I saw as a kid. In fact, the animated series came out uh, right after Batman Returns. It was on the you know off the heels of that, and you can definitely see the influence of uh, Batman Returns. On the series, when we see uh, Selena Kyle, aka Catwoman, as blonde, of course, very inspired by Michelle Pfeiffer, and the Penguin, definitely influenced by uh, Danny DeVito's um, betrayal as well. But of course, it was the '89 movie that really started it all. Here, it really did start it all, and. Just a, you know, just a tremendous, I mean, just a tremendous um, movie. I mean, and of course, um, by this time, you know, Batman, you know, in the media, I mean, there have been cartoons, you know, the Super Friends cartoons and what have you, but uh, they were all uh, influenced by the... Um, well, pretty much, well, he pretty much played up to the, to the campiness of Batman, you know, from the 60s comics and 50s comics as well, and also the TV series with Adam West and Burt Ward. And in the comics, you know, in the 70s, you know, Batman returned to its dark roots. I mean, we saw a little less of the uh, famous uh, rogues gallery, and we saw more of, uh, you know, the gangsters, and we saw some more scarier... Um, villains, you know, Ra's al Ghul and, and what have you. And of course, uh, it was those Batman stories that influenced uh, this movie right here. And I'll be doing reviews of those um, comics uh, in the near future. And now we head on out to the um, to the lab of the crime doctor working on um, Jack Napier. And this was actually parodied in an episode of um, The Simpsons. That was the episode where Lisa was getting braces and Homer tried to save the um, dental plan for the nuclear power plant. Of course, I would know all that because I'm a huge fan of The Simpsons. So, uh, <laughs> so there. There's the big reveal. Mirror. Mirror! And here he sees his face for the first time, and we don't actually get to see the face. We see the back of his head, and it's still dark and stuff. And as the doctor is trying to explain to him, you know, how hard it was and the nerve damage, you know, we see um, Jack actually laughing. Of course, his laughing is um, it's actually his tears, you know, plays into um, Pagliacci, you know, the, the opera about a sad clown, you know. And of course, he says it makes more of a reference to that um, later on in the movie, and we'll talk about that. 
And we go back to Wayne Manor, where we see um, Vicky Vale is a little drunk and taking off her high heels. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, of course, this movie is PG-13, so we don't really get any sex scenes. I mean, we see people, you know, kissing, but uh, no real hanky-panky here. Yep, no real hanky-panky. And, of course, the Batman movie I write will definitely have some hanky-panky. <laughs> and there we see Carl Grissom out of the shower and to his desk, thinking he's going to meet his girl, Alicia, here. Pouring himself uh, some bourbon, it looks like. Is that you, Sugar Bumps? Who are you? It's me, Sugar Bumps. Yep, he knows that it's um, Jack. He tries to play it off like he thinks, oh, I heard you, you're dead, you know, thank God you're alive. And, of course, uh, Jack is on to him here. And we don't see the... We see a little glimpse of the, um, of the Joker's makeup, you know, but uh, not really. It's still in the, in the dark here. You know, and it's good that way because it builds up, you know, suspense, you know, it establishes mood and what we're, you know, what we're going to see. You know, it just keeps building and building. You know, and, uh, you know, it plays up pretty well, you know, it really does play up pretty well. Maybe we can cut a deal. Jack? Jack is dead, my friend. You can call me Joker. As you can see, I'm a lot happier. <laughs> yep, we see the makeup, and when he goes to kill Carl Grissom. Ooh. And, you know, as good of a performance that um, Jack Nicholson did, you know, I would have loved to see how James Wood or Robin Williams had played it, you know, I mean, especially Robin Williams, as I mentioned before, you know, and sadly, Robin Williams passed away, and he, he also wanted to play the Joker in uh, The Dark Knight, but um, that was not to become. And there we see uh, Bruce cuddling with Vicki Vale. Yep. No sex scenes here for this one. <laughs> and like I said in my Batman movie, uh, there will be some sex between Batman and Vicky Vale. <laughs> oh yeah, you're definitely going to see some sex on that one. And Vicky wakes up to see Bruce hanging upside down. Yep, mimicking a bat. Gotham City. Always brings a smile to my face. Yep, I'll be quoting most of these lines throughout these episodes. Wing freak. Terrorizes. 
where they get a load of me. <laughs> Further cements Jack Nicholson's place as the greatest Joker of all time. And no disrespect to Heath Ledger. I mean, Heath Ledger's performance was tremendous in um, The Dark Knight. And also, some would say that um, Mark Hamilton, I'm sorry, Mark Hamill, Mark Hamill of uh, Star Wars uh, did a great job as the Joker in the animated series, and he did. But, um, you know, for me, it'll always be Jack Nicholson because I, because I grew up on that Joker as well as Mark Hamill, uh, Joker. And we see, uh, Vicky Vale leaving, giving Bruce a kiss goodbye. Uh, Bruce lying to her about, uh, him leaving town. And of course she finds out from Alfred that, uh, they're going to be here for quite a while, so... Yep. Once again, trying to keep her at arm's length, though he is falling for her. And there we see Alicia Hutt enter, and she sees Jack is alive, and as the Joker, and she faints to the ground. Oh, man. Yep, I'd be uh, surprised if I was her, too. I'd probably be fainting on the ground as well. And there we see the meeting of the mob bosses. Jack telling that he's uh, taken over until Grissom uh, returns. And we see the um, brown face makeup right there as he says, Life's been good to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And of course, he teases his mob guy um tony a little lesson yep he extends his hand for the old uh, handshake yep and ooh, oh yeah he's about to be barbecue oh yeah i love what he's about to say right here Oh, there'll be a hot time in the old town tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about, um, you know, this Joker is that, um, you know, he is um, psychotic, but he's also funny. You know, I mean, Jack Nicholson was just so charismatic in this, um, in this movie. You know, I mean, his whole demeanor, his laughter and, and stuff, I mean... I mean, just an incredible uh, performance, you know. I mean, I just love it. To now, get out of here! <laughs> you take it over. <laughs> oh yeah. Yep, there's a new sheriff in town, people. And his name is the Joker. And I love it right here, what he does with uh, the goon here, Bob. <laughs> oh, 
Oh, yeah. And Bob. Remember. You. Are number one. A guy. And I just like how uh, Bob, he just keeps a straight face and puts on the sunglasses and leaves. You know, and... Um, <laughs> you know, of course, I, I'd be like, uh, yeah, in the future, don't ever touch me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and this one right here, this really um, adds to um, the psyche of the Joker. You know, he's talking to a dead corpse here, and he's, you know, talking about uh, greasing... The rest of the competition now you know i mean it really does play up to the fact that he really is psychotic and you know you know that's really the whole demeanor of the joker i mean the joker you know in the comics on on the, the cartoons and the tv series i mean in in the movies you know there's almost really no rhyme or reason for his uh, crimes, I mean, other than the fact that he wants to make the world laugh and stuff, but for the most part, he's just, um, he is someone, as um, Alfred said in The Dark Knight, you know, someone who just wants to watch the world burn, and right here we see um, Vicky Vale trying to find out who Bruce Wayne is, Alexander Knox, um, frustrated, you know, he says, you know, Forget Bruce Wayne. I'm on to Batman. And there we see uh, Vicky Vale trailing Bruce, about to trail Bruce Wayne here. And the thing of, about um, the universe that um, you know this movie is set in, uh, of course, it's a DC universe. But in this one, it's like, you know, there really is no real time period. You know, it's not like set in. 1934 1949 you know it's pretty much a parallel universe you know and the parallel universe is um you know what if the 30s and 40s never ended like you have modern technology but you still have you know the old-fashioned clothes and that's pretty much the premise for batman the animated series you know you know it takes place at a you know, in a time where it never ends, but, um, we, um, get modern technology and what have you, as we see Bruce, um, at the place where his parents have died, and this is, of course, supposed to be Crime Alley, of course, it's never mentioned in the film, you know, but it has been mentioned in the comics and on the TV series and what have you, it's called, um, Crime Alley. There he is, uh, giving the rose, right where to where his um, parents have died. And Vicky discovers that there's probably more to this than what meets the eye when it comes to um, when it comes to Bruce. And also the whole thing about uh, it playing up, you know, to its uh, you know it's a parallel universe is that. Um, that's also the same on the TV series Gotham. 
you know, you see the um, 30s and 40s clothes, but you see modern technology, people with cell phones and stuff. And to be honest with you, uh, I was never really a, f I was not a fan of uh, Gotham. You know, I mean, I loved, uh, you know, the storyline between uh, Gordon and, um, um, and Leslie Thompson. You know, I loved the love story of that, but I didn't like anything else about Gotham, you know, I mean, I didn't like the fact that these supervillains, you know, they arrived, uh, before Batman became who he was, and, and what have you, and, of course, my, um, my mom loved it, and, and, of course, in the season finale, when we see, uh, Bruce Wayne finally become Batman, it's only until, like, 15 seconds, and, you know, before the episode goes off, so, um, so yeah, that's my take on Gotham, and I will not do a review of that. Do not ask me, because I will not do it, and tough shit for all you Gotham fans. And we see Bob the Goon taking a picture of Vicky Vale. As we see, um, we're about to see the Joker. There he is right there, the big top hat suit and Bruce sees him there he realizes that's Jack Napier behind all that makeup there he is with the pen hello Vinny it's your uncle bingo time to pay the check oh pen right in the throat the pen is truly mightier than the sword Yep, that's William Shakespeare. The pen is truly mightier than the sword. And, of course, uh, I remember watching uh, Bowling for Columbine when the guy about, you know, who who's all about guns, he says, yes, the pen is truly mightier than the sword, but I have to keep the sword with me for in case the pen fails, which is more poetic. And we see that Bruce... Sees Vicky there. Vicky finds out he lied. And Bruce is in some deep shit. <laughs> and of course, there's a rumor that Batman is actually a mob enforcer. They're saying that he's behind these killings. The Joker gets pissed off and he breaks his TV. Which leads up to this line Batman. Batman, can somebody tell me what kind of a world we live in where a man dressed up as a bat gets all my press? This town needs an enema. Prom! Prom! <laughs> oh, yeah. I know this movie better than I know the back of my own hand. Sometimes, you know, because, uh, you know, I've watched this movie, uh, you know, dozens of times. And, I mean, as a kid, I mean, this is, this was one of my favorite movies to watch, as you know, as a kid. Um, it was Batman, Ghostbusters 1, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and Moonwalker, starring um, Michael Jackson. And actually... Um, that introduced me to, um, to Michael Jackson, actually. 
So, um, I know this uh, whole movie by heart. I know pretty much all the lines here. I mean, this is uh, definitely my movie, and it's one of those movies where if I see it on television, for me, the world stops. You know, even though I've seen it thousands of times, I just stop when this movie comes on. I absolutely, um, I absolutely just stop when this, um, when this movie comes on. Because that's how great of a movie it is. Also, the thing about um, Kim Basinger before Batman is that uh, she was also in Never Say Never Again, which was uh, the last James Bond movie to star Sean Connery. She was also in Nine and a Half Weeks, as I mentioned before, 1986, oh, the year I was born. And then after Batman, um, her, she starred in a bunch of other uh, films like The Real McCoy, The Getaway, L.A. Confidential, which brought her back into the spotlight. Also, 8 Mile with Eminem and Fifty Shades Darker, which was part of the Fifty Shades of Grey um, film series as well. And now we go right into the Joker's um, hideout place. Bob the Goon brings the pictures. Here you see the picture of uh, Knox. Then he sees this picture of Vicky Vale. Stop the rest. Who is that? Oh, yeah. And right there, he starts to fall in love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course, uh, I don't think his other girl, Alicia, will like that pretty much. But come to find out, that won't be much of a problem. Hmm. I am a line to make some mookie. <laughs> So much to do, yet so little time. And he just dances away. And then we go right back to the Access Chemicals. Where he starts loading in the Smilex. Oh yeah. Have you shipped a million of those things? Yes, sir. Ship them all. We're going to take them out a whole new door. <laughs> and then we head on to Action News. And this, of course, was also taken from The Dark Knight Returns, uh, where in the comic we see, um, you know, talking heads. Yeah, we see a whole lot. Yeah, we see the talking heads throughout the comic. And also, uh, that was also used in Robocop as well, the first Robocop film. And Frank Miller had uh, worked on um, Robocop 1 and also tried to work on Robocop 2, but then they changed the stuff from his script into what we see um, on the screen. And also, uh, Robocop was another one of those movies that I saw as a kid, and that was. 
another one of my favorites. It's actually the first sci-fi movie I ever saw. And still to this day, I, I love that movie. And we see um, the news lady here, Becky, who's about to die from laughter. Kill the camera. <laughs> yep. And then we see the Joker come right on screen. New improved Joker products! The new secret ingredient, Smilax. Now, let's go over to our blind taste test. Love that Joker. Uh-oh, he don't look too happy. He's been using Brand X. But with new improved Joker brand. I get a grin, again, and again. Ooh. That luscious tan, those ruby lips, and hair color so natural, only your undertaker knows for sure. Ah, 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 ah. I know what you're saying. Where can I get these fine new items? Well, that's a gag. Chances are, you bought them already. Put on a happy face. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and of course, we see the TV here where it circles around. You see the Joker's face. To almost a little uh, remnants to the Batman uh, TV series where you see, you know, the circle going around. And instead, we see the, you know, we, we see the bat emblem there. And, and of course when this movie came out i mean there was a lot of buzz you know even before the movie came out you know i mean um you know the um movie posters with the emblem the famous emblem you know that was getting taken off of buses and taken off of um signs and and what yeah billboard signs were getting taken in fact um the trailer was even famous in itself, including the, the famous teaser that you can find on YouTube. In fact, um, fans would actually call up, you know, the movie theater to see what movie would be playing uh, the trailer. And then they would go to the movies, see the trailer, and then boom, they would walk out and not see the whole movie. <laughs> and, you know, that just goes to show you Fans were really excited um, for this film. As we uh, see Harvey Dent trying to talk on the phone here. And we were supposed to see um, Harvey Dent in Batman Returns, but uh, he never showed up. Of course, he would show up in Batman Forever, but of course it wouldn't be played by Billy D. Williams. It would be played by um, Tommy... Lee Jones, and in fact, um, William Hookins in uh, Texas, he was part of a drama school with Tommy Lee Jones, so huh, imagine that. And now we see the Joker applying his makeup. And there's Alicia Hutt with the mask. Daddy's gonna make some art, darling. <laughs> and 
Jerry Hall, along with being a world-famous model and the husband of Mick Jagger and now of uh, Rupert Murdoch, uh, she also had an acting career. She was in Urban Cowboy with John Travolta, uh, did some plays in London and also in Broadway. Uh, you can also see her in the documentary uh, Being Mick on Mick Jagger. And, you know, interestingly enough, I mean, I didn't know who she was, you know, at first. And then, um, but of course, years later, when she had her um, reality show on VH1 where she was trying to find um, a husband, you know, like a boyfriend or a husband, kind of like uh, VH1's version of... Um, of the bachelor you know one of the contestants said oh i remember you you were great in batman and then i was like then i looked it up and i was like oh my god she was the girl yeah so and she's still beautiful as ever as well and her daughter georgia may jagger is a tremendous model as well and there we see the mask and the handwriting is by the director tim burton he admitted it in the um, in the commentary, and now we see the Smilex gas, the poisonous gas coming in. Yep, killing everyone instantly. Good thing uh, Vicky Vale put on that mask. Oh. And here we see the Joker and his men enter the museum. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence? <laughs> and there we hear Prince's party man. And this was actually my another one of my favorites in the movie, you know, because that song is just incredible. I mean... Of course, uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Prince, and I will be doing a review of uh, the soundtrack in a future episode, so make sure you all tune in for that. And the song Party Man, um, actually, I named one of my alter egos uh, after this song. Uh, my alter ego, Party Man, he comes out on New Year's Eve, you know, I go out and party, I... You know, drink some alcohol, do a little weed, and then um, I just have a good time and party. And of course, I couldn't do it last year due to the pandemic, but I'm going to do it this year. And Party Man is going to come out and rock the party like nobody else can. Oh yeah. Party Man, Party Man, Party People Say It Now. Somebody out if you want to party. Oh, yeah. And, of course, there's a connection between um, Prince and Ken Basinger. And I will probably talk... Yeah, I'm going to talk about that in the second episode, part two. 
course, she takes off the mask. And yeah, that's a big old boombox. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. Look at that lighter. <laughs> Able to shoot out like that. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, um... My brother had a had a radio like that. Um, not a, wasn't really as big, but it was a yeah, but it was a boombox and stuff. Of course, uh, maybe the younger generation now they're probably listening to this going, "What's a boombox?" It was a big ass radio that uh, you carried around with you and you listened to music. <laughs> and also uh, made for great breakdancing as well. Well, it's the nineteen eighties, so. <laughs> And here we see Joker talking about, uh, you know, he does whether people only dream of. I make art until someone dies. And he calls himself the world's first fully functioning homicidal artist. Of course, Vicky asks, you know, what does he want? And he says, my face on the $1 bill. <laughs> and, yep, we're going to... Definitely gonna talk about that in the um, in the second episode in part two. And he's about to introduce Alicia. And you know, interesting enough, um, yeah, the Joker in the comics in and stuff. He never had a real girlfriend. Um, of course, Harley Quinn came about in the animated series, and since then, she has had a, um, you know, she's taken on a life of her own. And of course, but of course, if uh, she had existed around this time, I think she would have been played by um, Laurie Petty, as we see Alicia's face. <laughs> Yeah, Laurie Petty would have definitely made for a great um, Harley Quinn. But of course, this is all before Harley Quinn even exists. And since then, she's been not only on the, on the, uh, in the animated movies, but in the cartoon series, and the comics, and the movies. So, uh, yeah. And here we see the Joker trying to seduce Vicky Vale with her his little posy made out of acid. How romantic! And oh, splashes the water right in his face. On the part where he goes, "Oh, I'm melting!" Definitely from uh, the Wizard of Oz. Oh, I'm melting, melting. Oh, what a world! Boo. Now, the scene here where Batman crashes through the ceiling, uh, if you look closely, you see the uh, wire there. Of course, uh, I didn't recognize it until, like, many years later. Well, that's what you get when you're a, a big fan and a nerd of this movie. But, it's only a movie. Oh, well, everything can't be perfect. And we see Batman and Vicky Vale make their escape. Where does he get those wonderful toys? I love this one right here. Get in the car. Which one? The Batmobile. Yep, and that's where uh, 
we see the Batmobile for the first time. And this Batmobile is definitely different from um, the 1966 version with Adam West. And, you know, because, um, you know, the 66 version, it looks like a regular convertible. I mean, it looks good, but it's uh, looks a little more like a convertible. Whereas this one, it looks like, um, you know, you can't really say what brand, you know, what company makes this. And, you know, with the Batmobile, it looks more scarier. It looks intimidating. It's like um, if a criminal, like a local, you know, just a low-life thug just saw this on the streets, he would definitely be afraid. If he saw it just, you know, driving by, he'd be like, uh, okay, I'm going to go and stay in for the night. <laughs> and we see the car crash cops and some of the Joker's henchmen's cars and stops right in front of a bulldozer and of course uh, they now have to run on foot shields and there we see the batmobile being all shielded up that way no one has a way of breaking into it of course uh one of the joker's henchmen they catch up with him finally and vicky Vale, she actually yells a lot and um the uh there's actually a drinking game where if you know, you have to take a shot every time you hear uh, Vicky Vale um, yell. And, of course, I'm not doing that game because I have no brown liquor. But you you people are more than willing, welcoming to, to play that game if you want. And, of course, uh, Vicky Vale, she grabs the, the bat rope, goes up. You know, Batman going to sacrifice himself for her. Oh, gets hit from behind and gets shot. And of course, uh, before they went up, uh, he asks, you know, how much you weigh? And she says 108. And uh, she's definitely not 108. Uh, she's more like 115. And there, they find out that he's got a body armor. They're about to take off the mask. a picture and they go to shoot her and here we see the fight scene oh yeah we see batman's uh martial arts here on display for the first time and michael keaton actually took um taekwondo lessons uh for this role and we see the guy here come up with the two uh wooded doughs uh dough in chinese means knives they're not swords uh, sword is uh, the Jin or the Jan, which you've seen in Crouching Tiger, Hitting Dragon, the straight sword. And there we see right here Batman using his, you know, shields and stuff to block all the swords. Oh, palm strike, and then front kick to the face, a la Anderson Silva, and he's down. 
Bakugan comes up, and it's like, come on. It's like, uh, no thanks, I'm out of here. <laughs> and of course, uh, I would know about the Wudo Do because um, I've done a little martial arts training myself, done some MMA, a little bit of karate, taekwondo, and what have you. Uh, I've also done some boxing as well. And, of course, uh, Batman is supposed to be portrayed as a master martial artist. And we see the Batmobile driving. We see Vicky Vale comes down. You weigh a little more than 108. <laughs> yeah, like I said, she weighs a little... She weighs more like 115. I'd say. And here they are driving into the woods, headed to the Batcave. Yeah, Batman, uh, they say that he knows uh, 350 martial arts, I think it is. Um, but uh, I don't know if that's really true or not. But from what I know, the martial arts that he knows is uh, Krav Maga, uh, Kaiokushin, and Shotokan Karate. Uh, Shotokan, of course, is the karate style of Lyoto Machida former UFC light heavyweight champion who now fights in Bellator. Uh, Kaiokushin Kai, Kaiokushin Karate, that is the martial art of Sonny Chiba, George St. Pierre, and Erwapo Basruten. Uh, also, he is uh, sufficient in kickboxing, uh, Sabat, which is um, French kickboxing, Muay Thai, uh, Wing Chun Kung Fu, which is the martial art of uh, Bruce Lee. Uh, he also knows Jeet Kune Do, which was the art that Bruce Lee invented. And also has a background in Aikido and Judo as well. And we see them enter the cave. Here they are. The back cave. And there she is there. Batman turns on the light. Oh, watch your step there. You almost fell down. Now she's entering the back cave. And we're going to stop it right there. And I'll see you all in part two.